I like beer. It makes me a jolly good fellow. I like beer. It helps me unwind, and sometimes it makes me feel mellow. Makes him feel mellow. Welcome to I Like Beer the podcast where we discuss great beers and the stories that go with them. I'm your host, Jeff. And I'm your host, Jeff. And tonight we have uh, the full team here. We've got the doctor. Aloha. Producer Joe. Always a pleasure, gentlemen. And sound guy, Tom. Check one, two, check one, two. It's a, I bet you didn't know night. So listeners, you are getting the ILB guarantee. You'll end the night smarter, wiser, better, thinking faster on your feet. Anything else, talent? I would say safer based on the the topic for the night. You will definitely be safer. True. True. You know, we're friends who love good beer and telling stories. So we turned it into a podcast. And I'm going to put us down now that we are now a podcast on the road to 200 episodes. Since this is 101, I believe. 101. On the road to 200. Awesome. Teachers by day, beer drinkers by night. And we're lucky enough to live in North County, San Diego, California. Beer Mecca within a beer Mecca. So please pour yourself a beer. Pull up a bar stool and join us. And of course, don't forget to find and follow us on social media at I Like Beer the Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I Like Beer the Po one and I Like Beer the Ta one on Twitter. And virtually toast with us on Untapped. We're very easy to find there. We're all under I Like Beer the Podcast in some format. Well, I am excited about getting some new Untapped uniques on our road trip. I agree. Reminder check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Talent and I joined forces with author Ryan Wolt to discuss books over beers. Yeah, we just had a new episode that was released. It's The Logger Queen of Minnesota by J. Ryan Straddle. I'm going to mispronounce that, but I'll go Straddle. I'll, I'll go the California West Coast pronunciation of it. So I'm there sure the go. Midwest pronunciation is different. Hey, what are we drinking, boys? Right on cue. Uh, we have beers sent to us from Dave Cole, co-owner of Epic Brewing in Salt Lake City and Denver, Colorado. In fact, he'll be joining us on the podcast shortly. He sent us a whole bunch of beers. So what should we start with? So I think we start with the, uh, uh, it's called the Tart and Juicy Sour IPA. Um, like I said, I think it's kind of a unique uh, uh, beer in terms of uh, you don't have too many breweries here in San Diego making sour IPAs. And I know they make a variety of them, and and so this is one. Uh, this is one I haven't had actually from Epic Brewing. How do we know Dave Cole, co-owner of Epic Brewing in Salt Lake City? Good fortune, uh, you know, of of having uh, uh, my parents. He's their next door neighbor, so met him. You know, was introduced to him a couple of uh, months ago, probably maybe about six months ago, and he's been extra generous with uh, his beers and stuff. And I was like, well, we got to get you on the podcast and. Had a really nice interview with him, so I'm I'm excited to share that with everybody, and and I think even more so I was before, but wanted to get out to Epic Brewing either whether we get out to their their Colorado one or their their Salt Lake City one, but uh, now I'm even more because their beers are great. I, I've not had a bad beer from there, and he's a cool guy, and, and and it sounds like their facilities are pretty phenomenal. You know, with the um, Big Bad Baptist as the exception, this is my favorite Epic beer I've had so far. Yeah. I was telling you guys about this. Like I've had two other versions of this. So I had, um, I don't know what they call it, but I had one that was similar. It's a tart. It's a sour IPA and it is just so flavorful and, and ju- juicy. It just, like I said, it's still got a little bit of the IPA, kind of the bitterness, but it just, the, the citrus and the, the kind of that flavor bomb of, of overwhelms of that fruit bomb. And then my 
my real favorite one is the one they have. It's like called lemon sour and um, lemon tart and juicy or something like that. And it's like a lemon lime, uh, same type of thing. And I just think that it's such a cool series and a, such a unique style of beer. And I really enjoy them. Like I said, I think they're great. And that as we're getting into warmer weather, these are beers that you, you know, you can be outside or, you know, whatever. And uh, they're super refreshing and, and uh, just very flavorful. It's pucker up on the front end and then it yeah. mellows out. And unlike a lot of the epic beers, it just weighs in at 5.1, which is quite reasonable for them. They like some, some heavy duty beers. Yeah. So this is 4.5 for me. Yeah, no, it's it's very tasteful, and I agree with you. It's very, it's got a very good pucker up. It's very, I guess you could say it's sour forward, huh? What would be maybe yeah. the terminology for this? But then it totally mellows out on the back end. But you do have a little bit of it. You do get some of the flavors, the the, the you know, kind of your typical kind of bitter. It's like weird. It's not really a bitter beer, but you have that flavor in there as well. Um, I, I just think it's really unique, but it's it works. It works really well together. So I'm I'm wondering where Doc lands on this because they, these aren't always Doc style. Yeah, you know, I'm at about a three point eight. I'm I'm just I'm not feeling the sour, but it, it, Jeff's right. The sour kind of goes away, but still, you know. But I would say a three point eight for you on a sour yeah. is yeah. very well, high. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's because it was three. So. Yeah, this one doesn't make my sphincter pucker as well. Just just yeah. my mouth. I feel like this one, Doc. If we were sitting at the beach, or maybe we're at Lake Tahoe, we're floating down the Truckee, and it's like. 90 degrees out this is a beer you'd be going this Hell is yeah. fantastic well, yes yeah, so. you know in that kind of situation any damn beer any, is yeah, good yeah, yeah. There you go. well i don't know we could go back to a story where we did run out of beer and we were given the option of drinking oh, towards light and we weren't that thirsty at that point oh, so. Terrifying. <laughs> so 4.5 for me 3.8 for doc let's see where this thing averaged out tom you got a number for it well i think you guys nailed all the descriptions so i don't think i have anything else to add in that regard you know pucker up at the front smooth tasting citrus in the back I'm in it at a 425. I think this would be a great summer cruising down the river, like you guys said, beer, or at the beach. And talent, where does this land for you? I went 425 on it initially. I actually think as I'm having more and more of it, it's grow, it's grown on me, but it's because I think I have those other ones I just talked about at like four fives and four seven five. So yeah, I have those others at fours. And this one I, I like better. So I think that's good enough. Can he come up off his stool in the corner? What's it is, your lips? It's so good. Thank you, Will. And we got a beer in hand. So, Maestro, roll out the orchestra. It's time for toast, roast, and pour one out. And talent, always the master of efficiency. I understand you've got a T, an R, and a P all together. Yeah, so I saw this kind of topic going on here over the last couple of weeks, and I just decided to roll it all into one. So uh, this is what I'm going to call a toast roast pour all rolled into one, as we said. So we'll start off with the toast. So I don't know, about a week ago or so, I don't know if you guys saw this, but Krispy Kreme Donuts announced that they would give everyone uh, who had been vaccinated a free donut every day of the year after their vaccination. Um, so I thought, wow, that's pretty awesome. I mean, that's that's very generous of them. Uh, you know, what an incentive to people that love donuts and especially love Krispy Kreme. You can get a donut every day till the end of 2021. Go get your vaccine. So I, I, that was originally actually I had that as a toast and I was like, oh, I'm ready to go on this. Right. So then obviously, you know, as how we are nowadays is uh, that led us quickly to a roast. And then people piled on and they got really upset with Krispy Kreme because they said, hey, you shouldn't be encouraging people to eat donuts every day because uh, it's not healthy, nor is it safe. And 
they didn't feel it was an appropriate way to encourage people to get vaccinated. In fact, they said a lot of people are getting vaccinated because they have underlying health conditions like obesity or, or diabetes. And now you're going to give them more Krispy Kremes. And so people like flew off the handle. And and I was like, well, this was just them trying to do something nice and encourage yeah. people. But that so that became kind of now the roast to those people were like, well, can everybody just make their own decision on whether they want to go eat Krispy Kreme or not? You know, or just like get, make your decision on get a vaccine or not. You could pick it up and take it for a friend or a coworker. Exactly. Yeah. Favorite teacher. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think the fact that Krispy Kreme was willing to do this, I don't know what that cost Krispy Kreme. Like if everybody that got a vaccine, how many millions of people got a vaccine, went in and took advantage of this on a daily basis. I mean, that's got to cost uh, or hurt the bottom line a little bit. So, uh, but I just thought that was kind of funny. And then to continue the roast, next, the anti-vaxxers came out and they decided, hey, we have a massive problem with this as well. But the angle that they went with was, hey, we're being discriminated against because we yes, don't believe in yes, vaccinations and we can't get a free, free, free Krispy Kreme. So Krispy Kreme was you know, discriminating against them because they don't believe in vaccinations and they're only giving out free donuts to people. So they would just wanted free donuts, you know, that kind of thing. So that was the next part of the roast. I was like, OK, well, the story just gets more and more. And, and really, that's where we go to the end of it. and We finish up with the poor. Or I guess maybe as I'm calling it this week, and really, as you can see from this whole thing, it's why we can't have nice things. And so as a direct response to Krispy Kreme giving people these free donuts every day for getting vaccinated, there's a gentleman, Ian Smith, who is the owner of Attilus Gym in, I can't even pronounce it, but Bellamar, New Jersey. And this gentleman basically has disregarded all protocols for COVID throughout the entire thing, you know, in terms of uh, requiring, you know, he was an anti-mask guy. He was a guy that didn't want to shut down. I think he's been fined and everything else, that kind of stuff. So he decides, hey, I'll offer free gym membership to anyone who refuses the vaccine. Um, so that was his take on it was that, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to go the whole opposite of this and let's let's encourage people not to get the vaccine and and that. So that's the poor one out again, like I said, just for our sanity and the way this whole thing plays out. Question. So if you want your free Krispy Kreme, you show your little card. Yes. I've got my vaccine. To get the free gym membership, you just show up and say you didn't get the vaccine. Right. So everyone should be getting that free gym membership. Everyone should yeah. go get it. Counterpoint. Do you want, want to go work out in a gym where no, no, no one I don't has want to go there. the vaccine? <laughs> I don't want to go there. But, I just want him to have to, to do the paperwork oh, that's good. On, go. on all you know, 100 million people. Yeah. Plus, if you're playing the angles, that's the way you play the angles, right? You're going to get everything for free. So but anyway, so there we have it all in one toast roast pour. Guys, sorry, but we're getting to the point where we just can't have nice things anymore because <laughs> someone does something nice and people are going to figure out ways to tear it down. I think you nailed it. We, we did a lot of toast, a lot of thank yous on our episode 100 to, to people that helped us out. And we couldn't name everybody or it would have been a two hour show of naming all the people that have sent us beers that we've made friends with that have welcomed us into their breweries or their businesses. So, you know, we, we kind of had to do it some umbrella thank yous, but there were two thank yous that I think I'm going to throw in the toast here that, that I listened to the episode today and thought really needed to give a quick toast to our probably longest listener. I think from episode one, firefighter, Joe, Joe yeah. Harden I, that's uh, from, I think from day one, he has been our very first and best listener. And then, of course, our foray into hip-hop culture. We didn't give a shout-out to D-Black oh, oh, and true. bottles of beer on the wall. Right. So That is very true. Can I, can I sneak those sneak in? Those yeah, in. I think yeah. That's, that's apropos. Are y'all ready to party? 99 bottles of beer on the wall. Throw your hands up, everybody. A 
drink it all. Great. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Toast Roast. Pour one out. Hey, let's go to our interview with co-owner of Epic Brewing, Dave Cole. We've talked about Epic Brewing from Salt Lake City, Utah, several times on the podcast, and talent has procured us Epic beers on more than one occasion, including the one we've been enjoying. Great beers, and we've been looking forward to hearing the Epic story. So it's our pleasure to welcome to the show Dave Cole of Epic Brewing. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Dave. And thanks, Dave, for consistently uh, connecting us or connecting me with Epic Beers. I've been really enjoying these for a little over a year. And so it's kind of nice to finally get you on the podcast to talk a little bit about Epic. You know, again, share with the listeners and and the rest of the crew a little bit of of your guys' story. And we want to have a beer with you too, Dave. What should we have? I gave Jeff another care package, but I think we should definitely have the Creamsicle IPA, which is kind of like a milkshake. Let's do it. And if I'm seeing things correctly, I think talent you've already you've already started this one. Yeah, I, I opened it up a little earlier so I could start sipping on it. And uh, also, sometimes it's just kind of fun to let things w- warm up. I don't know why actually why you would let a milkshake warm up, but sometimes with IPAs, it seems like as they warm up, you get a little more of the, the flavors come out. But I I think uh, I really I've gotten where I, I really enjoy the the milkshake IPA. I mean, it's it's uh, I don't think it's one of those things you would as we, I think we were talking about a little earlier that you would drink over and over again but you know in its time it's an interesting style it's a really tasty beer to have it's a great kind of sipping beer to have over the course of a um you know an evening and this one's got great i, I love the flavor on it i love the orange um and then i think like i said with the lactose it just smooths it out i guess what i would say is it finishes really nice and, and mellow and smooth for a 8.5 percent beer it does remind me of the creamsicles or the orange Julius's yeah. from the mall when we were kids yeah yeah i like that the for the orange Julius, right? What was those, the 50 50 bars? Is that what the, weren't those called like the 50 50 bars? Yeah, 50 50. Yep. Yeah. So, is this a new style for you guys? Have you guys done any other milkshake IPAs? You know, I don't think we've done any milkshake. So, this was the first one that we've done. And I think we did a really good job. It's really, there's a lot of bitterness up front. And like yeah. you said, it smooths out. And yeah. it does remind me of like, having that 50 50 bar on a skateboard in the summer yeah exactly <laughs> as a kid 8.5 percent. so don't don't have a whole six pack on your skateboard at least not at our age yeah <laughs> that's gonna get ugly after two or three it'll it'll sneak up on you i think yes but the the lactose the milkshake end of it does hide that 8.5 percent. i'm thinking of the uh what's the kelly creamen version of the uh with the orange in it I want to say dreamsicle, but I don't yes. know if that's is that, sound, that sounds right. Yeah. This is the this is the grown up version. This is yes. the IPA version of that. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So yeah, you get a little bit of that bitterness up, up at the front end of it. That's a fantastic beer. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, you guys. I'm glad you liked it. So Dave, let's get to know you a little bit um, as we talk about Epic. Can you kind of tell us in terms of uh, beer drinking what what's your kind of go to style? Go to style. So for sure, IPAs and lagers and lagers it's like um kind of just american lager all the way to like marzins and double box you know so kind of drink those categories pretty regularly all right and so in a question we we ask most of our 
people that we have guests on, especially people that are involved in, in it at a brewer industries. But like, do you remember kind of what it was, what was one of your first like wow beers that may, may kind of change your thoughts on, on what beer could taste like? I lived in Southern California before the big beer scene. I went to San Diego state and um, moved up to the Bay area in right before the earthquake. I was 89, I think. So up there was pretty cool because there was Buffalo bills, a great little um, brew pub there. One of the, I think, the first and one of the first in the state uh, the beer that really set me on this path which was like beer can be magically made was the opening weeks in palo alto i was fortunate enough to get in with uh, gordon Beers. then i know that's a well-known brand now but right. that, that, that those weeks in in uh, palo alto with my my employer is a german guy so he was all about uh, loggers and he took me there. It was just magic, right? Drinking <laughs> boots of these great loggers that were made in America that were really like something he was proud about. Like this is not really from Germany, but this is this is it, man. And yeah, you, this is as close as you're going to so, get here. So yeah, and it was cool. good times. So that was really what was a magical moment for me in beer. Cool. And so what's, what's your role at Epic? One of the co-founders, my partner and I... Um, we did another business in aquaculture together. So we shared roles pretty easily and partnered for decades, which is kind of unusual. And uh, my roles like vision and strategy, and then I get to work a lot on uh, the new beers, kind of handing that off a little bit to keep the team kind of guided. And so product development and sales. And then he handles like financial and, and more of the stuff that I think is boring. You, that's what I was thinking. I wasn't going to say it, so I'm glad you did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so this split up equally. I'll do all the fun stuff. Right. <laughs> including yeah. trying the new beers. Yeah, yeah. well, he, he can't. Uh, it's funny, you know, some people can't taste diacetyl in a beer or they enjoy it. He falls into both of those categories can't uh-huh. taste and enjoys it. <laughs> so uh-huh. There's something about this beer. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think we've found our spots. And was that right from the beginning? You, you just already knew from your your other work with each other that those were the roles you were going to take, or did it take some feeling out and some time to develop into that? Yeah, you know, we, we he and I actually worked together in San Diego and then in the Bay Area when we were take, for that company I mentioned the German ownership. So we kind of had those similar roles there, and it just it naturally progressed in the first business, and it continues to this day. And I I think that's why it, why it works well, right? We have. Um, you know, we know each other, we trust each other, and uh, we have our strengths and weaknesses in check. <laughs> I imagine you're smiling all day based on what you're doing. Now, do you ever look at him and he's crunching the numbers and he's smiling away too? Or is he looking kind of side glance at you like, come on? Well, you know, th- to be honest, the last couple of years, I've been like, not as smiley because it's been hard, you know, with right. this whole COVID nonsense and stuff. Yeah, I think I'm more up and down. And uh, he's a lot more steady, which is good. So um, He's got his numbers to keep him centered. Yeah. Whether they're bad numbers or good numbers, his numbers keep him centered. <laughs> yeah, he juggles them or something. <laughs> so give us a little of the epic brewing origin story. So, yeah, we, um, like I said, Peter and I, my partner, had that business prior to beer. And that took us to Utah. So he and I were there and we sold our, that company to uh, a Belgian group. So I, I did get to go to Belgium all the time and drink great beers in Belgium and Germany. I'm, I'm spoiled in terms of beer. So we sold it to that company and, and um, I worked for them for almost eight years. And he he left after two years and got his MBA. And we always had a vision. We'd get back together and do something. Uh, eventually, I left that company 
and we look for something to do in Utah. And they changed uh, a liquor law around the 2002 Olympics. So they wanted to make themselves, the state, seem not so crazy just <laughs> because they're pretty prohibition driven. Let's fool everyone by slightly changing a beer law. <laughs> right, right. But they did this little loophole, and, and he and I were like, oh man, we could create a craft, you know, a, a craft brewery like we enjoyed out in California together in the 90s, you know, in the early 90s. And that that's what started the vision. We did a lot of home brewing at my home. Totally. I mean, lots of volume, federally allowed amounts, <laughs> but um, lots of volume. And we started Epic, uh, just the two of us. We didn't raise any, you know, friends or family money like we did in the prior business with a vision to make full strength beer and sell it out of the little space there at the Salt Lake Brewery, a, a, basically a cooler, because that was the law change. It would allow you to set up this independent store that you owned, but you operated under this separate license. And it was really complicated. Like when it, they've changed the law, we, we had to go to the state administrative body, the ABC, the UDABC there in, in Utah. And explain them what we want to do. And they're like, no, you're crazy. That's not allowed. And then eventually we got a meeting with the top administrator. And he's like, oh, well, no, that's you guys are right. This interpretation of the law is you can do this, but you're going to fail. But you guys, because <laughs> we weren't allowed to taste anybody or anything. And we're like, yeah, maybe we'll fail. We'll have a lot of beer to drink. You know, that's the downside there. So that's we started that like. Yeah, 2000, the nine is when we wrote the plan, kind of got brewing going, well, did have brewing going in March 2010, I think it was one of the first brew days. Um, so that was the initial start. So you get the band back together. Due to a, <laughs> I'm see if I got my notes right. You get the band back together due to a complicated law shift that was temporary. <laughs> You're able to slip in, get started. And then you tweak the judicial system just enough to stay in business. <laughs> and somehow the name Epic Brewing wasn't taken. Yeah. So, so it was it, the, the law change wasn't temporary. I just don't think anybody understood it. And they oh, didn't okay. understand the model for a long time. I'm correcting my notes. But we, uh, it's a constant battle. We are, we are so engaged with lawmakers and, and lobbyists and all kinds of political battles with, um, with the state and the church. I mean, there's a lot of stakeholders. Um, yeah, it's constant pressure. Well, we, we will take it easy on you if you want to set up a shop here in North County, San Diego. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's lots of great beer here, man. <laughs> but uh, you never know. I'd, close to home is appealing, right? <laughs> True. And, and there's a Colorado connection. So wh when did that happen and how did that happen? Yeah. So in, you know, we were growing really fast and um, we started looking for a new location to uh, increase the production capacity. We had a lot of demand from, you know, from distributors across the nation. We were really fortunate and we didn't want to invest more money in Utah because of the, we felt there was too much political risk um, and the laws can change there pretty drastically. So we were looking around, we're like, hey, Denver looks great. At the time, there was only Great Divide, and if you can believe this, only Great Divide and Breckenridge Brewing were the only two Denver Metro breweries. Really? Yeah. So what's in Denver every year? Great American Beer Fest, right? We're like, well, mm -hmm. oh, this makes no sense. All these other breweries, you know, great breweries, Odell, New Belgium, everybody's up in Fort Collins. And we're like, well, what about Denver Metro? So 
yeah, we started a, the big production brewery in uh, in the Rhino neighborhood. It's a gentrifying area now, not too far from the ballpark. So that's oh, the second location. That's the River North District, it's, which is sort of an artist den, isn't it? Yeah, lots of art and uh, distilleries, and I think there's even a winery there now. Lots of lots of hip things going on in that neighborhood. That was 2013 when we entered there. So it sounds like just the legalities of brewing beer in Utah <laughs> come with its challenges. Then being in business, staying in business, and understanding the rules, there's some some challenges. Um, what were some of the other struggles or, or successes that have helped define Epic Brewing and, and the philosophy you two have put together as a brewery? The struggles... I mean, there, there are many. I mean, the biggest one, obviously, on the mind now is like this COVID and our loss of presence on on-premise. We were about 43% on-prem, you know, draft. So we sell a lot of draft, which is weird because we don't sell much draft in Utah, one of our home markets. And the struggle always is with the, the state, like submitting beers to the division for approval and all their processes. Those are constant challenges, but they're a good opportunity. Like I said, we have a good relationship. We sell a lot of beer through the state liquor stores. So when you've got, I know you guys have gone up to Utah, you know that there's the the state liquor store beer, which is above, now it's above five. It used to be only above 4% ABV. So we did, we do really well there. And, you know, strategically our, our, our carve out was full strength beer direct to the consumer through the, through the tap room. And this is kind of a fun story. When, like I told you, the state told us, oh, you, the people at the administrative body of the liquor control were like, you guys are going to fail, right? So we start the brewery and we start and we have huge demand the first year in 2010. I mean, lines out the door, of course, like full strength beer, cold, because <laughs> as you know, state stores aren't cold, right? So this is like revolutionary. And Peter and I are like, what? This is not, this is just cold beer. And it's not <laughs> 4%. This is not really revolutionary. But so we... And our business model was to create many styles and really uh, ditch right away the idea of a flagship beer. You know, we weren't going to get behind a, a specific beer in our portfolio and put a bunch of marketing behind it and just like strategically anchor to one beer because we like many types of beers and we felt we needed that diversity for the retail location to really work. And the state, what's funny is the state. They actually called us, hey, we'd like to get some of your beer in the state stores. And so we were like, oh, okay, here we are. Because they, they thought that we were going to be a, a failure. And then we, we, we just got a lot of beer through the state stores. So that, that was kind of a fun challenge and, and, a, and a great opportunity for us to grow the brand in the state of Utah. So, I mean, obviously now, hopefully, I don't, I'm not sure where they are in, with regards to Utah and Colorado, but I would assume similar to here, things are starting to reopen a little bit, some in-person stuff as far as breweries. So what, what are kind of the vibes at the two venues with, you know, how would you compare, say, the Utah, the Salt Lake City versus the, the Denver um, location? Yeah. So in Salt Lake, it's still a really small space for the on-premise or the consumption of the, for people to come in and drink a beer. So that's a challenge with COVID, right? It's, I, I don't even, I think it might be limited to three or six people, or it depends on how many are in your group, but there's no beer on tap there because we were all full strength, which is still not allowed to be on tap. So we do bottle pours. It's a funny little spot, but it's <laughs> quirky enough to be yeah. cool. It's pretty highly ranked on Yelp, which is pretty funny and we do little sandwiches so it's a really intimate space and you're right next to the cold cases um fun place to visit i mean that's the it's the original brewery right it's the og and denver's a 
completely different vibe. I mean, it's 20 some 25 or 26 beers on tap, all kinds of strengths. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes we pour Firkins. They, they do a, they're doing an open comedy night on Mondays. I mean, there's lots of stuff going on, you know, with that neighborhood gentrified so much people like a lot of groups are starting again to go between the different venues, you know, groups right. that are allowed in size. We're only at, I think Denver's only at 50% capacity still, but right. we're hopeful it'll, that'll improve. So the vibes are a lot different, right? One's like a small, little, tiny, feel like you're in a family brewery. The other one's um, more like a, a big, a wide selection of craft beer on tap, you know? Okay. Well, I guess we have to go to both. Yeah, we had, it sounds like definitely both because both are right up our alley. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're fun. And Denver, you know, we do offer tours there. Um, it's, pre- it's a pretty fun brewery to tour through. There's a lot of fooders in there and for sour beer and stuff like that. Very cool. You've mentioned your beer lineup, which is very impressive. The the number, sheer number of beers you, you have brewed with great names as well. Um, you make a lot of beers. So someone's coming to visit either that great Denver place or, or the Salt Lake City place. In your opinion, what, what's a beer that you, you can't try them all? You have too many beers, especially right. in Denver, 26. But what do you want to make sure someone tastes before they, they walk out? Yeah, I think if you like stouts, you have to try the Baptist lineup, the Big Bad Baptist products that really put us on the map nationwide. The beer was 100 on rape beer. I may still be a, high, a highly acclaimed beer. Uh, I think it was ranked one of the best i don't know it's really it's a great beer great barrel aged imperial stout and if you like the different flavor profiles the different flavor offerings that we're doing and annual releases those are all also fun to try right so that's a must that really is kind of our our most important beer i wouldn't call it our core because we only release it in the fall so but that's a must Thanks to you, I, I understand. We, we've had a few of the big bad Baptist series. I had the chocolate raspberry. We've had the chocolate peanut butter. Each one was each one was better than the next. No, no, <laughs> no doubt about that. But I've got to imagine there's a story behind a beer called Big Bad Baptist that's coming out of Salt Lake City, Utah. There is. <laughs> so, yeah. So the long story, and I don't know, maybe some of this needs to end on the cutting room floor or something. But the long story is we brewed this this beer with uh, a coffee roaster in Salt Lake. The coffee company was called Jack Mormon Coffee, right? So we made this beer called Jack Mormon Coffee Stout, and we wanted to put that in the state store system, and the state got really upset about the name of the beer, and they didn't <laughs> like it, and they are like, no, we're not going to put that in the state system, right? And I think for a while they wouldn't even approve it. I mean, they, we got a lot of pushback on that. And it wasn't really our branding. It was the coffee shop's branding. So I don't know. I felt that was kind of silly. So I, I was, you know, I'm born and raised in Southern California. So I'm a strange version of uh, a Southern Baptist, if you will, because we, my, my family went to a Baptist church. So I'm like, okay, I'll poke fun at my own upbringing, my own religion, and we'll throw this label out here and see what the state says about, you know, the Baptist. And I don't know if you guys know, but Mormons and Baptists, they don't really mm. movie, I think. So we threw that out there and 
it was fun to watch him kind of squirm, but we did get full approval everywhere. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was and it was more that they realized, hey, this is a freedom of speech thing rather right. than you know, like a religious thing. For I, I was just writing that in my notes. This is one of those states that rants against socialism, but you know, they're micromanaging ABVs and beer names oh. <laughs> at the state level. We got legislators checking this out, and then we're not getting a nod on this one. <laughs> But yeah, that's how we we landed on that name. So it's that was that's been fun, right? It's all in good fun. Do you have a favorite out of the series? A favorite in terms of uh, the Big Bad Baptist? You know, I I really did like the chocolate raspberry. I I like the OG and the Reserve. So we do a special, like very limited release of the Big Bad Baptist, and it's Big Bad Baptist Reserve, and that's usually. Just they select the best tasting barrels from a batch and they they call that into a, a special release. That's usually like the the pinnacle for me of what the beer originally was supposed to be and how it always is. So I and I just love coffee and chocolate. And so that's all there is in that beer, coffee and chocolate and the Imperial Stout. So I think I'm an OG guy. <laughs> Well, I've had I've had a lot of the beers thanks to you, and like I said, I I have yet to have one that I don't really. I mean, I really really enjoy your guys' beers, which is what I've been telling you because we got to get you on here. A couple of standouts for me, if you if you can get them, is that Los Locos Lager. So if you have the opportunity to get that one, that's a great Mexican lager style. And then I really like you guys as you guys do the the tartan juices. Um, so both the the tropical one and then the the lemon bomb. Like I said, those are just great beers, and I, I've I've actually tried to find something similar here locally. And uh, I've had a tough time finding something that, that has done such a good job of kind of just blending that, the citrus, you know, with that, just that kind of that juicy citrus bomb um, with just also the kind of the, how just flavorful overall the whole beer is. So I, I really, we're, we're heading to Utah here in a couple of weeks. And so I'm actually hopefully going to go into one of those state stores and be able to load up on a bunch of these things. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I think those ones, the ABV is low enough that they probably should have them in there. So we'll see. Yeah, for sure. I think you can in grocery. You, I don't know. You know, it's hard with the um, the Kroger changes this year. I'm not sure if we have yeah. broad, broad distribution, but you we'll know, see. It'll, yeah. I do know a guy. So that's the only good thing is worst <laughs> case scenario. I do know a guy. So uh, what is next for Epic Brewing? And like, like, I mean, you can kind of talk near future, obviously, but, you know, also kind of say post COVID uh, any any plans for, you know, expansion, distribution, anything else, you know, basically just give you an opportunity to kind of share what what's next. Sure. We're really focusing a lot on the um, rotating can series. So that includes this creamsicle as part of that. And we're releasing a beer called um, Tart and Hazy, which is a blend of um, barrel-aged or fooder-aged sour beer and a hazy IPA. It's the Telegraph uh, Hazy Beer. So we blend Telegraph Brewing. That's another brewery that we own yeah. the brand of. We didn't talk about it much, but... Santa Barbara based, right? Yeah, Santa yeah, Barbara. So it's a California one. Yeah. 2017. And, you know, we've closed the brewery up there, but we're still making this, the the Telegraph beers. And this this beer actually was developed there where we blended this fooder beer. It's a cool beer. It tastes like apricot and stone fruit. I think you'd really like it. Right. And it's not kettle soured like the, the kettle sour process we use for the tart and juicy lineup. It's tart and hazy. So that's a 16 ounce. So every month we're releasing these really cool kind of back to what we used to do in 2010 when it was just kind of new beers after new right. beers and, and checking it out. So that's really exciting. 
And then we we also created, uh, you know, everybody's doing the seltzer game. So we created this sub brand called Paca uh, Hard Seltzer. And, you know, we have some seltzers that are made with real fruit. But the things I'm excited about there are some, we're calling them hard waters. We have a coconut hard water. Yeah, I think I've had that one. It was, it was tasty. Yeah, it was good. We just take real coconut and, and run it through this process with the seltzer base. And uh, it's a great mixer too. I splash it in like margaritas or, or it makes awesome Mai Tais. <laughs> and just released a ginger cranberry. So those are in distribution, in self-distribution in California. So we're doing that ourselves. We have them in BevMo's and a couple other places. So those are those are kind of fun, different, maybe building a category that doesn't exist. You know, these hard waters as opposed to right. the carbon seltzers. Very cool. Yeah, that's those are the things that we're working on right now. Yeah. Well, we got to have them come back in and talk all about Telegraph. I agree. I think that's a whole other one. <laughs> yeah. I, I would hope too. I think with Telegraph, maybe it opens up some distribution in California too for you guys. Right? Is is ho- hopefully at some point that enables you to do that. Yeah, we do have that. You know, we um, it's been a challenge with with distribution. So we are distribution partner was the Sheehan family. I don't know if you've heard about them ever, but they're pretty big back East. They had a distribution company here in San Diego and Los Angeles. They recently sold those operations to classic beverage. So we're having a distributor change in the middle of COVID. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Better executed down here in Southern California, but we're going to get there. So they're good guys. I just had a meeting with them this week. So we'll get things reactivated um, soon. Very cool. Well, we're heading to Utah next week, so we're looking forward to it, and we will load up with plenty of epic brewing to bring back home. So thank you, Dave Cole, for joining us and telling us your story and the epic brewing story. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, you guys. Have fun in Utah. Thanks. This is our 101st episode, so epic makes sense, doesn't it? Most definitely. Absolutely. We're heading out to Utah at the end of the week, so... Maybe we better check in on some more state laws with a segment we call, I Bet You Didn't Know. Well, what I can't fathom is how one can drink ice-cold beer in freezing weather. Cliff, explanation, please. Now, how do you know he has one? Five bucks says he does, ten says it's a doozy. (laughs) So considering our impending road trip and, you know, safety concerns, we need to know a few things. So... Time to get back to some state laws. Talent, you want to start us off? Yeah, so I know we're not going to Colorado. We will be very close to Colorado, so I don't know if we need to be aware of these. But just in case, I want you guys to know, if you live in Colorado or are going to be traveling to Colorado, you definitely need to know these things. It's illegal for a man to kiss a woman while she's asleep. So just so you know that, it's probably be a law almost everywhere, just to be, <laughs> you know, especially in the times we live in nowadays. But uh, anyways. The sleeping beauty law. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and uh, it's also, oh, however... This is an interesting one because it is legal to insult or curse a police officer until he or she asks you to stop. Hmm. So I think that's important to know that, that is the, good. The, the, good. The, you know, where the line is there. I like that. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I think that's fair. Right. And then, oh, this one I thought was really interesting because I'm sure there's a lot of people breaking this law. Did you know that it is in Colorado? It is illegal to own a chicken, but you can have up to three turkeys. <laughs> So I'm sure there's a lot of people that have chickens in Colorado that do not know that they are operating outside the law. Outside the law. I got a question. What if they have four turkeys? No, three is the line. That's the line. Four is too many. Next one here is, I mean, pretty obvious. I don't know if this is, this must be a big issue there, but catapults 
may not be fired at buildings. Hmm. Anywhere else you're good. Just don't not buildings. launch those at buildings. And then this is actually really important, uh, very city specific. Specifically in Boulder city limits, uh, boulders may not be rolled. <laughs> so I think you can do that in most other Denver, no problem. Uh, but when you get to Boulder, no rolling of the boulders. I want to know the backstory on that one. Yeah, that's an interesting yeah. one as well. And then the last one, and I think this is really important too, because I think most of us would probably be guilty of this on on either side of it. Uh, it is unlawful to lend your vacuum cleaner to your next door neighbor. Mm. What? <laughs> I'm not sure what happened, but at some point something went wrong. I know what happened. Big vacuum got involved. Big vacuum came in and said, <laughs> no lending. Yeah, no lending. We want you to purchase new. That Big sucks. vacuum. Yeah, yeah, right. Big vacuum sucks. You said it, Doc. But I'll bump. Well, then we're heading off to Nevada. As we leave San Diego, we'll go through Nevada where everything goes there. And still there are some infractions not tolerated. In Eureka, Nevada, a man with a mustache cannot kiss a woman. And especially if she's sleeping, you cannot. <laughs> Double. <laughs> Double. Double penalties. Wait, what if she has a mustache? I think it's okay. Perfectly acceptable. All right. It has to be awake. <laughs> Illegal to hula hoop on Fremont Street. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I don't know where Fremont Street is, but I'm going to avoid it because I'm a big hula hooper. They've had some problems there, apparently. There's no lying down in the street. That's illegal. I've seen a lot of that in Vegas. So I'm going to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, I think fair. there's a lot of people that break <laughs> that law fair. in Vegas. You can't. So you can't lie down in the street, but you can hang someone if they shot your dog. Hmm. Okay. Wow. Interesting. <laughs> okay. That's all I'm going to say about that one. Hmm. Not if they kicked your dog or poisoned your dog, but if they specifically shot your dog, yeah. you hang them. Okay. Two-parter on this one. You can't spray paint a shopping cart and keep it in your basement. All right. One or the other. <laughs> one or the other. One or the other, but not together. They cannot go together. Got it. There's a law in Elko, Nevada that they put on the books in 1918 and never took it off. Uh, for over 100 years, It's it hasn't made much sense, but it's back. You cannot walk in public without wearing a mask in Elko, Nevada. And that is left over from the Spanish flu epidemic. Nice. That made things convenient for them this year, too. Yeah, we've already got this on the books. And lastly, for Nevada, trying to keep up with Arizona, I think, where Arizona, you could not uh, walk camels down a certain street, but camels not allowed on the freeway at all in wow. Nevada. That makes sense. I feel like Nevada, like everything goes in Nevada, so they really had to look for, well, we need some laws. <laughs> we need something for our police to do. <laughs> so let's come up with something. Yeah, we need something. Let's, let's go after the hula hoopers. We need something. So we are next week spending the week in Southern Utah. You know, we, we can get a little rowdy at times. So we thought, hey, we better brush up on these uh, Utah state laws just so we don't get ourselves in trouble. So, uh, Joe, I'm looking at you. Yeah, I'm there. Anyway, so here are some of the things that we have to keep in mind while we are in Utah. So first one, you cannot fish with a crossbow. Important oh. to know. <laughs> Unless you're fishing oh. for carp. Okay. And then also it is illegal to fish from horseback. So keep that in mind, guys. Provo. I don't know that we're going to make it a pro, so that's good. But in Provo, it's illegal to throw snowballs. $50 fine. What? And it snows a lot in Provo. So I don't know how they enforce that one. Well, this one's a tough one for, for some of us. Illegal to walk on a public street with a violin and a paper bag. Well, where do you keep it? Plastic bag, probably okay. Plastic bag. No, my crossbow for fishing oh, is in the oh, plastic bag. <laughs> oh, that's a good point. Okay. 
This one actually for us driving out there, we need to keep where the birds have the right of way on all highways. <laughs> okay. Doesn't say anything about camels, but birds have yeah. right the right away. away. Hey, how about fishing from camelback? I think it's okay. Apparently that's okay. Okay. Just straight horseback is not good. All right. This one, again, pretty self-explanatory, illegal not to drink milk, a big milk state. This one, you know, I, I'm surprised that they actually had to write a law for this, but it is illegal to detonate a nuclear device. Hmm. Uh, in fact, in Utah, it is illegal to cause a catastrophe, period. Period. <laughs> what I'm about my sure. Second Amendment rights? That is true. Yeah. I would actually like to go through states and see which states you can cause a catastrophe. A catastrophe, <laughs> yeah. Because you can't in Utah. Probably yeah. Vegas. Vegas is okay to cause a catastrophe. Yeah. All right. This one is a little convoluted so you're gonna stick with me here so it is against the law to have sex in the back of an ambulance if the ambulance is responding to an emergency okay check all right so that's first part yeah, that's and fair. then as well in tremonton within those city limits that law is even stricter because it's actually illegal to have sex in a moving ambulance and if caught the man is let go the woman is arrested and then she will have her name printed in the newspaper Wow. That seems so fair. Just, that yeah. Well, it, I, I mean, it seems a little out of date. I would say Tempest. you could both. Yes. But uh, but just know that if you're well, going to go that he, route. Because he's probably a first responder. So, you know, he's <laughs> he still needs to respond to whatever yeah. the call is, is what you're saying. I understand that. And mustache, no mustache. Any? It didn't say the mustaches okay. are good. Yeah. Yeah. Especially at first responders. You almost have to have a mustache because it's you very think cool. So. Yeah. That's true. This one here, I might, I might need a little confirmation from Doc on where this came from, but in Utah, it is against the law to hunt whales. Right. right. Yeah. Within well, state you, line? You, you need a really lines. long uh, harpoon for that. Harpoon, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So anyways, but you can't do that, guys. So I don't know what's on the agenda for this next week. No whale hunting. And then this last one, and this one, Tom, I'm looking at you on this one. A husband is responsible for any crime committed by his wife. <laughs> If he was in her presence during the breaking of the law. So that's probably one that's going to get us the most trouble and the most danger. Oh, the most yeah, trouble. That's going to get us yeah. in trouble. Can I deflect that one to Joe? No, I'm looking at you right now. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that All is, right. guys. Those I'll, are I'll the keep her on a leash. Yeah. Keep in mind to keep in mind as we head to Utah and spend a week in Utah. And now, you know. Sometimes you Doc, we're going to take a week off for the Utah beer run, but you know what we need before we head out, right? Oh, I got you covered. Welcome to that edition you've all been waiting for, a beer or not a beer. Ladies and gentlemen, grab your wives and your husbands (laughs) (laughs) and try to guess. Which beer I made up? I'm going to read off three beers that are real beers. One is not a real beer. Can you find the beer I made up? Here we go. So since we're talking to Epic Brewing, I picked four beers that have the word pick in them. All right. So here we go. (laughs) All right. First of all, you can pick your partner. So the first beer is, oh, and if you have them dance with you, that'd be a polka partner. So the first beer is polka partner, polka partner. There you go, polka partner. 
And of course, it's an alt beer, German beer. Next one is, you know, you could be dancing with your poker partner and you got a little bored and you got a little itch, you got a little boogie. So the next one is booger picker stout. <laughs> booger picker stout. All right. And then, you you know, you get that booger on the end of your finger and, you know, you, you, it needs to go somewhere. So you flick it and then it lands on somebody at the bar and he comes over and he's got a bone to pick with you now. The next one is bone picker pale ale. Bone picker oh, pale. That was a long walk on that one. <laughs> and then, you know, he's a big guy and he, he, you know, you guys get in a little scuffle and the next, you end up like in pieces on the floor. So the last one is pick me up off the floor. <laughs> That's it. That's a triple IPA. So once again, this is probably hard to follow, but uh, no, it's if, you fo- if you could follow my train of thought. Yeah. Here we go. We have poke partner, booger picker stout, Bone Picker Pale Ale, and Pick Me Up Off the Floor Triple IPA. Basically, you At told home. a story with your with That your was a good one. Yeah, I like That's it. a good one. Go. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of a story. It's like a country right. song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is a country song. Let's go, Producer Joe. Which one is not a beer? Booger Picker Stout. Booger Picker Stout. All right. And Tom? I'll second that. Booger Picker Stout. And influencer. Oh, booger picker stout. If it booger, is a beer, stout. it shouldn't be. And talent. I'm gonna make it all four of us. Right. Booger picker wow. stout. All booger right. picker stout. I think that's the all first. Right. So here the we go. Poker partner is a real beer from Swinging Bridge Brewing. Brewing. Uh, bone picker pale ale is a real beer from the Mighty Oak Brewing. So we're down to pick me up off the floor and booger picker stout. Sorry to disappoint you boys, but Booger Picker Stout <laughs> is a real beer. <laughs> oh, wow. It's from Tiki Man Brewing. Oh, and the nice. beer I made up was Pick Me Up Off the Floor, Triple IPA. Oh, you said it was a Triple IPA. The Triple IPA. That was you said. Yeah, that got it. Yeah. So I didn't pick Good job. it. Good job. Uh, well done. Yeah. Disguised it well. There we well go. Well done. All right. So, hey, thanks for joining us, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen, for another edition of Beer or Not a Beer. Thank you, Doc. Thank you to Dave Cole of Epic Brewing for sharing the epic story and the beers. And thank you, listeners, for sticking with us for 101 episodes. We're taking our very first week off from podcasting next week, but we won't leave you stranded. We're going to release an ILB Classic, our most popular Baywatch episode. We want everyone to be careful out there in the water, wherever you may be spring breaking. And after that, we'll be back with new beers and new stories from our road trip. We'd love to keep chatting. Right now, we got to run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run. All we need is a 10 and a 5 or a car and a key and a sober driver. B-double-E-double-R-U-N, beer run.